Hey folks, welcome into Pro Football Ireland. As we get set for week 16 of the NFL season, Christmas week, uh, some great games coming up. Nalik on a wave to everyone listening, but a big Nalik on a wave to Mark and Jason and the whole Pro Football Ireland team uh, and everyone that's helped us out, not just this season, but over the last year and a bit. Uh, Michael McQuaid, Mark Hogan, Jason Hayes, Mark Kajay, Kurt Galore. I'll do it all right until you, I, I hope I'm not ruining something now, but if you play that Christmas jingle that you kept on playing while we started this thing off, that's blasting through my ears. They're still ringing. I can't play it because the audio enhancer will, will mess up, so I, I can't do it, but I really want to do it right now. It's such a good it's such a good beat. I actually might do it to intro this podcast. It's so good. Um, obviously, Mark, you were off last week. You got engaged. Congratulations. There are rumours afoot of when and where this nuptial might take place. I want to just <laughs> go out now and say I, I think you should have it in Cork House in Clare in Tyrone. It's 25 minutes from my house and it means I can walk back. Yeah, no, thanks a million. It, it's, it's been a whirlwind. I, I obviously knew for a while that I was doing it, but it's funny now, um, a couple of weeks later, still hearing about it. We were able to go over to Colorado. So she's from Colorado, Linnea. I know you guys have met her. And from a ski town called Winter Park. So we're up skiing on the mountain, right? And who's there? Shoulder Sanders. Is that his name? Deion Sanders, quarterback you... son. <laughs> what? Honestly, God. Honestly, God. Why, why have you not told me this? Because we, if we I told you... podcast. I know. If I I know. If I had told you, I was like, I'm going to spend the day now looking for this guy. I'm barely able to stay on the skis as is, let alone if I have to bomb it around. So he put up... <laughs> <laughs> he put up the post the next day saying that he was there and I don't follow him now on Instagram but my uh, fiance's sister does and she showed me the story so we were looking out for him all day but we weren't able to like it's a ski slope it's impossible to find someone he had a helmet on <laughs> oh you didn't meet him you just saw an Instagram well, story that he who, the same place. no who, who knows if we actually saw him or not because he's wearing him, all yeah. black yeah. He, he's wearing all <laughs> black and a helmet it's like who am I to say if that was him or not but he did post about it, and it was from the same resort that we were at. It's the Id- ideal hobby for a, a famous person, really, isn't it? Except for when you do your ACL and they put it into the contract that you're not supposed to be uh, going out in the slopes. Because I was thinking the exact same thing. Or Shatter Sanders. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, do you know what? I, I might have ended up almost on a no-fly list because I did have a bad fall. And my leg is killing me. And I thought of you straight away, Jason. It's like, I better take it easy now. I won't be able to get on the plane to Vegas. So, uh, yeah, I feel your pain somewhat. I, I hope the ACL wasn't as bad as uh, I'm feeling right now. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Right. First off, I hand to God for people in the pod. By the way, for people in the podcast, we're two different segments, uh, one on Thursday, one on Friday. So hope you enjoy it, folks. People in the video, we're, we're, in, our, we're in our Christmas gear. Um, we're not presented by Guinness. Or the Arizona Cardinals. Or, or the Snow Me The Way. Or show, <laughs> snow Me The Way. Snow Me The Way to Amarillo. I, I had no idea about that Sanders story and as somebody that sat and really loved doing the college podcast with Dara Connell and the team by the way live episode coming night one of the draft from Belfast in person live more on that very soon uh, I'm discreet I'm, I'm actually not happy but I have to say I, I, I had to save I had to save the content Michael it killed me at the time not to tell you but I had to save the content <laughs> I, I told Mark and Jason off camera before we started this I was in swords during the week and I seen I well I have I haven't texted this man. I seen Dean Rock and it was like, well, Dean Rock's a massive NFL fan, but I missed the opportunity there also. So he might not be Shedder Sanders, but he's won at least what nine All Irelands. As much as it kills me to say, he's a lovely guy, uh, even better looking a real person, Dino. So 
There you go. Uh, Jason, have you met anybody famous this week um, in court? I know, I'm just trying to think. Uh, no, no, I don't have any cool stories like that. Um, same old same old stuff down here for me. But sure, that's okay, because when you're in Cork, things are always good. So. <laughs> um, we're actually, Tom at Cork, we're about just over a month away from Jeff coming to Cork. It is sold out. Uh, we're going to do a little Christmas giveaway this week to give away two tickets for it and then there's somebody else really cool coming to court if you're from court dm us on twitter or x and we'll tell you who it is we're not going to tell anybody yet um but excited to see jason excited to see mark at some point over this tour maybe he'll have coach prime there as well going by this but we'll <laughs> see. Um, how, how are we all feeling ahead of week 16 because it's one thing mark it's been a couple of weeks because i said i said it to, to michaela and connor on Monday morning football because Michaela was in the States. It was me and Connor. It was one week we didn't do it. And then we suddenly came all back together at Mark and we were saying, like, you know, this is it. We're, we're here. You know, we, we we sit for months and we we talk around the season and we talk around storylines that we expect to see. But suddenly we now are in week 16. And frankly, if you take Christmas time and you take your family time together, we're technically already in week 17. It is it's scary biscuits and also we're taking week 17 off apparently is, is this true yeah well that looks like it because we'd have to record on christmas day or there thereabouts so we might have a break next week but it is because that means when we touch on the teams again a lot will have changed but it's been the best season i think since i started following the nfl back in what 2011 that i followed because everything has happened there is no standout team like it's the 49ers now but there was the eagles five weeks ago the Chiefs has never got going. The Bengals have come and gone and come and gone. The Browns have had this like crazy year. So it's like I've just thoroughly enjoyed it. And maybe it's because as an Arizona Cardinals fan, I was able to sit back and take it all in. Jason, you're probably the same. And it's like for individual teams, if you're a fan of anyone in the AFC and you saw your quarterback go down, it doesn't feel like it's your team. You kind of want to be firing on all the cylinders. But it's set up so well for fans all year. Like, that it's going to be the same if it, if it ends. Maybe it is that the NFL is resetting again and it's not all going to be about high-powered offense that is just lives with one or two teams in particular. It's been so even and it's been so interesting to cover because it's not that we're ignoring the ignoring everyone outside of the Chiefs. That uh, That's what I'm going to miss when the regular season... Because so many teams deserve to get there. I don't know what we mentioned the Denver Broncos later on. Their team that were awful and like the Green Bay Packers stormed back in and we thought they were going to make the playoffs and now they're dropping off again even though they're only one game back from a four-way tie for the last two spots in the AFC. It's been so entertaining this year that uh, yeah, that's why I don't want the regular season to end because yeah, teams are going to start falling quick now. Jason, I'm ready for the postseason. I'm ready to go. Yeah, but I mean, it's, it's so open in terms of who's actually going to make it at this point. Starts back what Mark said. I, I think the middle class of the NFL has never been so big in that there's very few high quality teams that you think um, you know are shoe ins for the playoffs. On the other side, there's very few teams that are you, you wouldn't have give any chance of winning week in, week out. And that's why we're seeing so much upsets every week. I, I think it's I'm I'm proud of us. I'm proud of the the four of us with our, our predictions week in, week out, because I think our record isn't too bad considering how difficult this season has been to to predict every week. Any team can beat any team. It's been chaotic. 
I will say I, I, I think I don't think it's a case of you know a, a lot of quality football being played I think it's teams are, have been very up and down all year and if anything the quality might have be, dropped slightly uh, you see a guy like Tom Brady ranting about this every week now it seems um, but we are going through a bit of a passing of the guard this, this year we don't have Brady don't have Breeze Aaron Rodgers is out this year, of course, to be back next year. But a lot of the franchise names and biggest names in the league aren't here anymore. And we're seeing some of these newer teams now um, coming through and just not proving as dominant year in, year out, which makes for entertaining viewing in the regular season. So I've absolutely enjoyed it because, you know, it's not like there's a, a strong favorite in ga- in games every week. It really is tough to predict. Upsets are happening. Big teams are going through down spells like the Eagles right now. You you thought they were nothing nothing getting their way, but now suddenly they're um, slipping quite quite quickly. So it, it's it's yeah, just the chaos of the regular season has been fun. But I completely agree. Um, can't wait for the postseason as well because that's just unrivaled in terms of um, excitement. I'm already dreading seeing Scott Hansen say goodbye for another year because I feel like we haven't seen him. Mark has been away that much in a good way. Uh, we're um, seven weeks, six, six weeks out from Pro Football Ireland in Vegas. More to come on that very soon. Uh, two teams that could be in Vegas are the Niners, are the Ravens in the Super Bowl, and we'll talk about that later on down the stretch. But there's a really, really interesting game, Mark, on Christmas Eve. Now, I'll, like, do do feel free to incorporate this chat and this personal stuff because there is a great podcast coming out with Scal this week where he talks around he's going to his in-laws house for Christmas they, I don't think they've got Sky they've no Wi-Fi he's panicking that he's going to get to see any games <laughs> so it's, it's, uh, he, he's definitely taking the week off next week but Dolphins playing the Cowboys two teams that are 10 and 4 but the reality is Mark they're one game out from the top from the, the highest the highest record in both conferences, and the Dolphins are going to finish a season against the ten and four Cowboys, the eleven three Ravens, and the eight and six Bills. For anyone that watches Hard Knocks in season, there is a sensational lecture from Mike McDaniel, and um, I think it was after the was it Titans game. I may have that wrong, and just talking about how it's not just on the players, but it's on him and a lot of what he's been doing and what he's been doing like is is wrong and. I feel that he's really, really building up that relationship with his players. And you can see that not only in the play against the Jets last week, Mark, but more so in the manner in which they speak. For the Cowboys, I, I don't really get into the hype train of, you know, saying, that I like, look, I'm not too concerned after last week. I think the Bills had a storm of a performance. But we've seen time and time again this season, albeit against maybe lower opposition, that the Cowboys are very, very very good Doc Prescott could in my opinion still be an MVP candidate regardless last week the whole mantra of Mark Hogan is hated by the majority of the Miami Dolphins fans because they're 0-3 against teams that have currently winning records there's so many different things into this but we're looking at a situation this weekend where this game could be a Super Bowl matchup and I would love love to be in Vegas to be sitting in Radio Row or sitting in the stadium please God and we take that lightly and we're very lucky to experience that if we do. But Mark, I'd love to be there if it was the Dolphins against the Cowboys. That's old school. That's that's the NFL. What's um what's Christmas Eve, Christmas Day like in your house? In terms of 
I mean, are you now whipped after getting married or, you know, or getting engaged? Uh, I'm not quite married yet. And now it'd be but her. Can, um, can you sit down on Christmas Eve and put this game on TV? Uh, I will not because tradition dictates that we'll be in town having a family meal. It has been booked for three o'clock in Thunder Road Cafe in Dublin. We've been there for like 20 years in a row. It's at 9.25. You're grand. Yeah, but we'll go the we'll go from basically the dinner into mass and the mass will probably lead us into the pub one way or another afterwards. So uh, yeah, I to be honest, I'm looking forward to the NFL getting off the Christmas Day slate again as the calendar resets itself and it's like it'll go back to like the Sunday will be like the twenty sixth or whatever like or whatever the twenty sixth. I think they'll play a game for the next two years, Tuesday and Wednesday, I really do. Yeah, I don't mind one or two games, but when the whole slate is there kind of has been like it's been tough the last couple of years. But in terms of that game in particular, the Miami Dolphins versus the Dallas Cowboys, it is going to set, and I said this in the power rankings, the post Christmas week narrative, because these two it's like a clashing of those big stories that you referenced that like I had pointed out before and many before me had pointed out that Miami hasn't beaten these teams and they have and we like this is it because when I'm sitting in front of Mike McDaniel and the first the very first question in Germany when they played the last legitimate team and they lost to the Kansas City Chiefs when you know in a game that they could have won as well was how's this narrative going to follow around follow you follow you around and we knew it was going to be Christmas time and that was obviously early November that game was on we knew that they were just going to have to beat up on teams until this uh, came around and now they have to play against, um, who is it, the Cowboys, the Ravens, and the Bills. Credit to the schedule makers, because when we're talking about how good this season has been, it's because they've done stuff like this. They've had, like, stretches for each of the teams. We know it was obviously Eagles in November that they had to prove themselves against the massive opposition. So they've been beaten up on the teams. Obviously, they had that chalk loss to the Tennessee Titans. But we have to remind ourselves that it is a 48-20 to 20 loss against the Bills. They lost to the Eagles 31-17. They lost to the Chiefs 21-14 in, in Frankfurt. And if they go and lose to the Cowboys, it's going to bring it up again. And then they could very well likely lose the next week to the Ravens. They'll go in underdogs to that. And suddenly you're meeting the Bills in the final week of the regular season with the division up on the line. Meanwhile, for the Cowboys, they're away this week in Hard Rock Stadium in Miami. And if they lose, they go to 3-5 and five in the season away from home. They're 7-0 and oh at home. And that's going to follow them around because the only other team they play this season away from home is going to be Washington. So suddenly if they're on the road in the playoffs, it's going to be brought up. And the thing with the Dallas Cowboys this year, it seems, is, and they're a fantastic team and take nothing from them. But when we were talking about them recently, we said we are going to hold them to the highest standard they haven't come back. Like, when they've gone down, they haven't been able to get over that hump. Like, teams are able to run the ball on them. And that might be an Achilles heel. Has that been exposed? Should we see Raheem Mostert and Devon Chain go off on them this week? It'll be really interesting because it seems when teams are able to go up against the Cowboys, like the Cowboys or the Cardinals did to them. What did the Cardinals put up? Over 250 yards that day, wasn't it, Jason? When they were able to surprisingly beat them. That these teams... It was like about 10 are, years ago at this stage, to be honest. It does. It's <laughs> insane. So there's a lot of, you know, the narratives around it, but it's like, it it's gone away on the players and it is something that we can take notice of. Jason, just to jump on what Mark said there as well, I feel sometimes in, and obviously you've got such little amount of games, you've got 17, 18 weeks of the season, it's almost like teams are just not allowed to have an off week and the Cowboys had an off week massively, but how, like, are you concerned? Do you feel like if they went in and well, lost a close one on Sunday against Miami, it changes everything? Because I, 
we've seen enough. I feel this season, wherever if they're in the wild card, whatever, I like I've seen enough. You know. Well, you say it's um, 16, 17 weeks, but it actually goes for both these teams. These narratives go into last season as well. Um, last year, the Cowboys went eight and one at home, and they were four and four away, and it was just night and day their performances in that regard. For the Dolphins as well, they haven't beaten a quote-unquote impressive team or playoff team, whatever you want to call it. They beat the Bills and the Ravens in like weeks two and three in 2022, and they genuinely have not beat um, a high-quality opponent since then. So these narratives, are, are, it's not just this season. Like they, These two teams, it's been following them around for over a calendar year at this stage. Completely agree about the Dolphins. This looked at, once they lost to the Chiefs, the next five games were going to be against weaker opposition, and no matter what they did in those games, it wasn't going to change this narrative. Um, I will say they're I've been impressed with their defense of late, um, especially post that Jalen Phillips injury, um, where I thought that might, you know, hurt them quite a bit off the edge. Um, but they've kept kept going, improved, and pitched a shutout last week against. It was the Jets, but, you know, there's no a shutout in the NFL is an impressive feat regardless. Biggest thing for me last week is, is one narrative that they did manage to crush, which is that they can't perform without Tyreek Hill. Um, but the offense did that against the Jets, and the Jets are a good defense. Um, a lot of that success came from running the ball, but you see a guy like Jalen Waddle absolutely step up and, and fill um, Tyreek's shoes when he was out. So still massive question marks around the Dolphins for beating quality opposition. They've got three opportunities to do that now before the playoffs. And it's something that they will have to do because if they can go one-on-one, if they lose to the Cowboys or if they lose to the Ravens, then that final game against the Bills is going to be a division game, like a game for the the division lead. Um, Presuming that the Bills beat the Chargers and the Patriots, which you imagine they do. Um, For the Cowboys... I'm afraid to say anything about them because I feel like they can just make you look like a fool um, any week, either destroying a quality opponent or getting destroyed themselves. But I I did predict that they'd lose to the Bills last week. They had a massive win against the Eagles. I thought there was going to be a bit of a uh, a come down after that. And the Bills were playing with a passion and intensity that the Cowboys simply couldn't match because the Bills are fighting for their lives right now every week. Um, So I, I... I'll give them a pass on that one, but another opportunity here against um, a top quality team. And it, it is it is a huge game for both teams. You know, as I said, if the Dolphins lose, then they're going to have a, a division match with the Bills. If the Cowboys lose, number one seed is all but gone. Um, and if that number one seed is gone, home field advantage is gone, which which could be huge for them. Um, a bit paradoxical there that they have to win on the road to make sure they don't play on the road in the playoffs but um, yeah just a massive game for both teams it's it's like um, a very stoppable force against an easily movable object in terms of Dolphins against a quality opponent and Cowboys on the road so let's see which one breaks sounds like a WWE match there uh, please put that one out on social media Michael and take all the flames away from me and put them on to Jason because I can only imagine how the fans are going to react when he's called them a, a very movable object if I, uh, I, I will in death. this very specific context <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah it's, it's like you're talking about going on the road in the playoffs I, I like we'll, we'll top it as down the stretch probably week 18 to start looking at it but 
I can't tell you how excited I am to see Patrick Mahomes have to go on the road in the playoffs. It's time. I can't wait. More of that in a couple of weeks after you boys have a slumber next week. Are we going to talk about Stephen Cluxton? Sorry, sorry, dear McConley. Sorry, Peter Cat. Sorry. Are we going to talk about Joe Flacco, Mark? Are we allowed to? Uh, we were not going to talk about Joe Flacco because we're going to no. probably talk about him more in depth come the playoff times. And because it looks like the Browns are going to the playoffs. Um, and we're going to talk about those quarterbacks a bit more, but we did want to give a final farewell, perhaps, to uh, Tommy DeVito, or is it a final farewell? It's up for us to decide now. I don't know what you think, Michael. I'll just say very, very, very quickly on that, just for this week. Um, I, I have, and it, it looks like CJ Stroud will not play on Sunday, and I have to just publicly say here how impressed I was with Case Keenum. Two guys, obviously, used to play for the Broncos, Flacco and Keenum in very interesting circumstances. I've got Flacco beating the Texans on Sunday, and as you said, Brown's going to the playoffs, 10 wins. Are, are you boys in, like, one word the, answer? The def- that's the, the thing with the defense. The defense yeah. is, like, stepped up now again. And it's like, Sensation. they only need, they've only needed competent quarterback play. Look, he had, what, three interceptions there the other day, but they're still able to pass the ball. And David Njoku is absolutely playing insane now again. It's given them another thread alongside Amari Cooper that it's balanced off the offense. Like, we forget, like, what would the team be? Like, I'd pick them to win that division. And that was a hotly contested division, obviously, before, obviously, the likes of Nick Chubb and stuff go down. So I wasn't sure uh, two weeks ago. I thought that they were going to be on the come down. But... um. Yeah, the perform- and look, they were very lucky against the Bears the other day. Obviously, if Darnell Mooney holds on to that ball in the end zone on the Hail Mary, like the game is there for Chicago and we're not raving about Cleveland Browns. But it seems, I don't know, can we call it a bit of magic or a bit of luck that they are in the position that they're in? So, like, I do think that, that they're, and um, the CJ Stroud thing is a whole other thing if he's going to play or not. But um, I think we might talk about that later in the podcast. Jason, we'll, we'll talk to Vito here, but like one word answer Texans or Browns, Sunday. Uh, I'll go with the Browns. It was an impressive win for the Texans last week um, with with that backup, but Browns' defence will be a different match, I, th- I think. And I'll put my Steelers hat on to everybody in Ireland. At Steelers Ireland, I'm just doing some badness now because i you know co-founder of this brand. If the Steelers win their last three games, they've got a 77% chance of making the playoffs. We'll talk about that next week or the week after. Let's talk about Tommy DeVito and Mark. I'm so glad you brought this up. I love a good bandwagon. <laughs> I, like, I, I, I love a good bandwagon but there is a bandwagon and then there's taking the piss two weeks ago Zach Wilson deserved to be the AFC Offensive Player of the Week in my opinion based on what happened to him and his performance that week Tommy DeVito had 158 yards passing one touchdown and 40 or 50 yards rushing in what world does that make him the Offensive Player of the Week in the NFC I think that belittles the award. I'm sorry. I just, come on. Really? Yeah, I was in, obviously, America for this. And, like... You were watching the game live, yeah. Yeah, and so I'm watching in a bar, and... Sorry, I'm talking about Tommy DeVito here now. And I'm watching in a bar, and it's like, Americans are the wallless people. Like, I love them the bits. Obviously, my fiancé is from America. But, like how they get caught up in this like my fiance and her sister are like watching sports center more intently than me to see tommy devito and his 
Cow or the your man, the um agent come up on the screen. Like they're paying attention to him. Like it's the like it's the Kardashians or Taylor Swift. I don't know your pop culture references anymore. But it's insane how they get behind it. So that in that world, that's how Tommy DeVito does it because Americans just love getting like like a behind the bandwagon, like you say. And just to put on public record, Sean Stellato um was asked to come on his podcast three times in the last week and like the DUP on BBC Radio Ulster, we're not available for comment. Now, that is a joke that I've had. We have a lot of BBC fans that are fans of this podcast. It's a running joke that no politician seemed to go on that radio station. I don't want to get in trouble. Um, Jason, is this the wake for Tommy DeVito? Should I start handing around sandwiches? Should Mark brew a thing of tea? And should we stay up all night? This has to be it this week, doesn't it? Um. Save the Eagles, don't they? Yeah. The, the, no, the, Mark. Or sorry, Jason, Jason the, the last time they played the Eagles, it was pre, it was post-Watershed abuse. Let's be clear. Sorry, in, in Philly, in the, the playoffs, playoff, yeah. it was a disgrace. So, a lot has changed since then. I, I, I don't like the... I don't like division opponents playing each other. They're playing each other two of the next three weeks now. I think that's a bit strange. Um, you, you, I'd see these division matchups spread out across the season, and at least the team can, you know, they might be a, a different team when you meet them next. So it's a bit. Eagles have a very soft schedule down the stretch, um, which they've earned after the the games they've gotten through. Um, but look, forget about Tommy DeVito's performance. I, I just want to enjoy Tommy DeVito, the guy, and that's why he won Offensive Player of the Week because more goes into it, Michael. It's swag. It's the brand. The man Tommy DeVito was was the name that deserved recognition that week, and I'm I'm happy with him. I'm happy for him to to get that. Yeah, I think though, Michael, when I saw the whole what's his name, um, Sean Stellato, and versus what, what was the name Coniglio's Old Fashioned, the restaurant. <laughs> when I saw that whole controversy. I did a U-turn on the whole thing. I was like, no, you can shoot him off to the moon. I'm not into it anymore. When, don't get me wrong. Obviously, he was trying to get money. But when he was like, oh, contract hasn't been signed. I presume people know the story that there was an appearance from Tommy DeVito that yeah. the price doubled from 10000 to 20000 Now, in fairness to DeVito, he showed up for free after the controversy. So I'm into that or whatever. But he seems like a nice lad. He seems like a great guy. But Stilato himself as... Stellato is an agent. The description I've seen of DeVito is a Sopranos character that doesn't last more than two episodes. Uh, you know, he's a pure... <laughs> well, he, he'll, he'll probably... Edo's boyfriend for, for two episodes and he gets shot in the back of the head. <laughs> Any social media about DeVito now, the comments are must read because what people are coming up with is absolutely top, top class. But like what... The reality is unless and nobody wants to stop it unless he goes down he's playing the next three games but the fact ESPN even mentioned the fact that he was playing for a contract get out of here yeah but do you know what though who, else did, here who else did we say he was playing for a contract only five weeks ago Josh Dobbs and now he's the emergency third quarterback for the Vikings it's been insane to see what's happened to these backup quarterbacks because they all seem to be having two games this year that they're looking like they're going to be the future star and then it's like no no, no we're going back to what we used to have and Joe Flacco literally could have flew to Donegal played the championship and flew back <laughs> sat in the sofa for six weeks didn't tell anyone and then rocked up 
and play a quarterback for three weeks. What a season. I, I can't wait to have the crack uh, in a few weeks for you boys to top it off in Sin City. 